welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho to recap this 3-0 win over St. Louis. Josh, how you doing? It's been a while since I've felt this good about an LAFC match. Because right? even, even when we bounced back a little bit earlier against Seattle, it was still like, okay, let's wait and see. This one felt nice. Felt good. It felt good to, you know, put an L on St. Louis, especially like anytime, anytime we beat the the new expansion team, it just feels a little bit better, right? Whether it was Miami or Austin yeah. or St. Especially when they're like the you know? new hotness in the league, right? Where it's yeah. like they're the big thing. Everybody wants to talk about them. They rattle off five straight to open up their uh, their first season. So everybody's riding high. And even though it yeah. didn't come at that time, it's good to get something on them. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Atlanta felt the same way about LAFC when they first came into the league. And Absolutely, so on and so forth. So, yeah. yeah. So that's why it's like, it's always nice to come back to after one of these ones and really be like, okay, um, you know, this, this, it felt, this one felt more revealing and in terms of what, how they can approach things moving forward than the previous wins during the stretch, right? Like they had those two wins, but it still, it didn't feel good about how they were going about it still, right? They never looked right. They never quite looked dominant. The way that they played in the last 20 minutes of that game felt like a blueprint that they can they can work on. Yeah, yeah. It took a while to break through, but I mean, St. Louis is a, is a good team. They are a legitimate team. So it's not like you're, you're, you're just supposed to go in there from minute one and roll over them. They had early chances, of course. Um, and I think St. Louis's game does play well into LAFC's game plan, right? Like LAFC wants to hit you on the counter and they're not always going to be super creative about it, right? It's, it's very direct as we've talked about so much this year. Um, and when a team is pressing you that high and you're able to get a ball over the top, like Sifu Davela, and there's no center backs in position, then you can get, then you can come away with a goal, right? Same thing with, uh, Boanga's assist to, to Buke, where all it takes is a little bit of holdup play, just a little bit of holdup play. And then that ball goes in, uh, in behind for Boanga and then across to Buke. And because they have so many defenders out of position, it's not like we've seen so much from other teams where they're perfectly content to leave their center backs hanging back a little bit to make sure that Boanga's covered. Right. Yeah. And that no I mean, matter when Boanga gets the ball, he's headed to a, he's headed into a double team. Yeah. Lately, I felt like we've been on the opposite end of that, of this style of game. Right. Like, mm. you know, like how, how we beat St. Louis has felt like how a lot of teams have beat LAFC this year, right? Mm-hmm. Which is wait for us to get disorganized by pushing the numbers up too high for it and then counter and then counter into the space. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you know, again, you know, Espinosa on his on his one where he got free against fault. That's the exact Absolutely. same 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 the situation. Ricky goal against the goal against the galaxy, right? Yeah. And so the the interesting thing is it's like this Triangle team has played best when they've been willing to when they don't fall into the trap of playing the possession Bob Bradley style. And it's when they sit back deeper, defend really well from top, from the, all the way from the front, all the way back as a unit and then find open space, right? Because in transition, this team is dangerous, right? And especially when you play forwards who are actually forwards, you can, 
they'll make good decisions in those same positions. And so in this in this game, right, you could see, like I said, the way that they defended throughout the whole game. I de- I didn't feel I never really felt that sense of of danger that I've had that you have in previous games where they're caught out of position and it's all out of one-on-one defending. This one felt a lot more solid where you had waves of defense. You know, you would have the first lines, you know, the you had that first line of confrontation, but then the second line is ready and in position to step up. And then you have the back, you know, you have the guys that are covering for all the movement, the rotations felt good. Um, yeah. It's, it, from a defensive perspective, it felt like they finally got their act together in terms of, how their choreographed movement should be from a defensive side. Obviously, the offense offensive side will always leave to be desired, but hey, who cares when you're scoring three goals on the counter? Yeah, I, one thing you said there that's that was interesting to me is like all three goals come off of turnovers, but not high up the field, right? These aren't balls that you've won in a deep press. Um I, I'm not exactly sure what causes that, like what the difference is. If you've sucked St. Louis all the way forward as they play super aggressive in their own press and you're able to hit them on the counter because of that, I'm sure that has something to do with it at least. Uh, I also think it has to do with the fact that they can't just simply play to Bolonga's feet when he's in his own defensive third, right? They can't just give it to Carlos and say, go do something. They have There has to be a little bit more to it. So on Buke's goal you see the ball goes into Vela and he's like at the halfway line and then it takes Bowanga running off of him. Right. And because Vela's good on the ball, he can hold up play just a little bit. And then he slips Bowanga in. And by that time you have another forward making a run on the other side of the field. Right. In this case, Buke is playing on the right wing. And because there's all that movement off of the ball, again, they're exploiting the fact that St. Louis is pushed up so high, but because there's all that extra movement, and everything's happening so fast, the defense isn't able to recover. And we've talked about this before. A lot of times it's just get the ball to the wing and let that man dribble. So mm-hmm. everybody just goes down the middle, right? And by the time the dribbler, by the time whoever's carrying the ball is in position, so is the defense. Um, this is just that half second pause from Vela is what buys you some time because the defense is frozen. They don't know what's what exactly is going on. So it's like, yeah, just play with the ball a little bit more. It doesn't yeah. have to go to goal in 0.3 seconds. Well, it, it's amazing that how, how often Major League Soccer falls into the American sport trap of ball watching, right? In like mm. in the NBA, the way that we see it, right? It's like, you know, how, you know, like we've for years, the isolation, let's, it's one guy versus, it's one versus all of the Kobe, the Michael Jordans of the world who can do it all by themselves, right? Reign supreme, Allen Iverson. You you go through the list of all Iverson's the, 90, the one. The guy, He's the one that right? that changed it. Yeah, yeah. Right, the guys that we grew up watching, right uh, in the nineties, like the, that's that's who shifted it. And then you have the shift towards positional play, the Spurs, the Warriors who move the ball off ball movement. Da da da. And again, like and soccer though, right, has never been a game that can be dominated by a one person. Right, it's inherently a weak link sport where you have like no matter how good your best players they're only going to be able to do so much right yeah. given given the circumstances and so in this particular case right we fall into that trap like you said of lumping the ball forward to x forward blanga vela whoever and then letting them try and produce something magical right same right. thing with chicho in the past however 
when you put quality on the field and you put guys who know how to move and you know, who can do things in good spaces all together, now it works in your favor, right? Because again, they don't just have to dominate you individually. You can use positional positional as well, at, you know, positional stresses at, on top of that talent stress on your opponent. Yeah. I, I So something there that I think is extra relevant and it's this idea of once a guy is in position then you play to him and then you can attack the 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 goal from Vela right where you have Sifu hit this incredible ball off the volley kind of sidewinder delivery of his uh over the top and Vela's in in behind right and that works that works there because Vela's in a he's got that positional superiority right and so mm-hmm. all Sifu has to do is hit a ball that hangs up so the keeper can't get it and Vela's going to get there first. So often what we see is this big diagonal switch to Bowanga because he's got you know, a marginal positional superiority. But the problem is it takes so long for that ball to get there, but it takes even longer for the guys on the opposite side of the field, Buke or whoever's playing right wing, to run off of that ball, right? So... In the, in the ball over the top to Vela, he gets there and it's in a position where he can just put it right home. On those big switches to Bowanga, there's nobody else that can, that can catch up to that. And so often our, our center forwards are playing in the midfield because they're midfielders. And we'll get to Bogic in a second. But um, this, the Butte goal happens, again, because Vela holds up play for half a second. That's all it took was just half a second for him to hold up play. Bowanga then runs in behind him gets on the ball behind the defense, and now Buke has had time to actually get forward and support. So I almost feel like it's like it's almost like outkicking your coverage. <laughs> like, yeah. like, let's continue to mix some metaphors here, right? Where you is playing so fast and, and furious up the wing that nobody else can come to support him. And so now he's used to it. And you see it every time Boanga's on the ball, you know exactly what he's going to do. He's gonna try and drag somebody with off his right foot into a nutmeg, right? You like that's like nine times out of ten what he does, um, and it doesn't work all that often because it's hard to nutmeg somebody, even if you are really good, like like Boan guys. Yeah, which again, when he was most effective, is like when he can wait just a little bit longer, right? Let the let the center forward, you know, run across run across the face to give that defender that, you know, either the center defender or some, or the fullback, something to look at. Now you have a little bit more of a window to work with. Right. Yeah. And it's just not that often that you see that movement being able to occur because I think sometimes we're, because we're playing guys that are so far out of position that again, they're not ready to make that proper run when he needs it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, which is where, again, where you see you come in and make the, the, the perfect third man run on that move right on his mm-hmm. goal right it's like or yeah technically he's a third man you know yeah so it's a long man, ball right? from villa to to Bawanga, and then he's technically the third man on the other side right and so when he you know like i said you don't always get that third man run from whoever has been playing center forward as of late yeah right and that's the thing you know or or the in the forward position because again a lot of them just don't have that time and positional awareness to understand when you need to make that run yeah. um again they don't interpret the space properly right is is how we you know we've liked to phrase it in the past but yeah in this case like i said when you put quality together 
that quality will ultimately shine. And then you can let the, the rest of the team be that platform and that's, you know, and that stability point for everyone else to work off of. Yeah. You know, but again, like we were, we were talking about this before they get, you know, before we got on the pod, right. When we look at the center forward position and what it, what it could be, right. We're, we've been clamoring for Chicho. We've been clamoring for, you know, we think about, Oh, how many goals everyone else scored or whatever, you know, who, who really was Chicho before he got to LAFC? Right. Bounce around I mean, we were, when they signed him, it was kind of like, oh, this guy's bagged, you know, a fair amount of goals. I think he was leading the Colombian league that he was playing in. Right. Yeah. But like he wasn't he we're not talking about a guy that was at Man City burning down <laughs> UEFA. Right. That's not that's not what was happening. Yeah. And same thing with Dio. Right. Dio was a journeyman, yes. played with Bob in, in Norway, ended up. Playing, I think, right back at one point at Hull City, and then now makes it with the LFC and becomes one, you know one of our more credible strikers that we've ever had. Um, again, when we have a ton of talent on the field, you just need guys who can match it. You know, again, and I think there's a chance for guys like Ordaz to eventually get there right? yeah. because they, he makes the right run. It just may not be there quite yet. I mean, the last the last goal. I mean, he definitely looks. That's him, Looks man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it, he. I mean, he's got it. It's gonna take a while to where you can use him game in and game out and in big playoff situations too. But like the kid's got it. There's there's not a yeah. whole lot to. I'm not. To complain I'm about. not. When he comes onto the field, I'm actually like looking forward to it. I'm not worried. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to watch him play. That he's that he's not. Then he's gonna be out of place, you know, because I think he's he's finally coming into his his man body and you know looks a little bit stronger and he's able to hold up a little more. Understands the physicality and the mm-hmm. speed probably a little bit better now. A few couple months in, right? But yeah, I think if ultimately if you can just field someone that's halfway decent there. The sky's the limit here because again, I think the floor, like we talked about last year, they've built a really high floor. Yeah. The question is, how do you expand the ceiling at this point? If you go get a one million in GAM striker, that's it doesn't even have to be at the same level as Chicho, right? We're talking about it. It probably goes Chicho. Dio and then Ramirez, I guess, in terms of like center forwards that have been effective, right? Ramirez missed a lot of sitters. He missed a lot of sitters, but the team was still effective with him out there because he played it. He played that position like professional. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. If you just go get one of those pieces and plop them in the middle, the wingers are going to be more effective. They just are because they're going to have more space. They're going to get more respect. And I think a perfect example of this happened last night where you have uh, Bogic playing in the middle as a false nine, and he's not that. He is not a striker. He's not no. a center forward. He's a midfielder. He said as much in his latest interview, right? He yeah. said, I prefer to play in the midfield. That's where I want to play. And we still have this fantasy that we can just take anybody. Oh, you're an attacking midfielder. You can go play false nine. Your name's Leo Messi, right? Like you can just go do this thing, um, and I. So for me, like hearing, uh, I love I love Max and and Brian Dunseth on on commentary, but to hear to hear Dunny talk about Bogic, like oh he really struggled tonight, he looks too slow, his touch is off. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, this is not his spot, and you can mm-hmm. tell he's uncomfortable and he doesn't know exactly how to handle this position, and. 
I think you could say the same thing about Sifu. Sifu, how many games did Sifu play there last year when Chicho was was well, I think Chicho was hurt, right? Yeah. Um he it was, was there like a long six time. Or, like somewhere between six and eight games or and something. And if like you that. think back to when Chicho or to when Sifu was the most effective, it was it was when he was in the midfield before he transitioned to that false nine position, where again they just are like, yeah, we don't really need four fullbacks. Meh. We don't really need strikers on this team. We're just going to throw this young attacking midfielder in there and see what happens. Yeah. And they're going to bag some goals and be okay. But come on, guys. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm going to push back against the narrative of like again this this kind of FIFA approach to building teams and sticking yeah. guys in the field. Yeah. Like as a Liverpool fan, right? The false nine will ever become synonymous with a Firmino, right? Mm-hmm. But truly, did he really, was he truly a false nine or did he just kind of, you know, he defended as a false nine. He just defended really well and then tended to, you know, just be interpreted again. He was more, I actually think he's more of a space interpreter than he is a false I've nine. I've always thought of Firmino as a second striker. Now I yeah. realize that the vernacular changes over time, but he to me he's a second striker. That's what he is. He's yeah, Jesus Ferreira on like a much higher level, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because he would make he would make the right run. He always made the right the correct run off of a Salah or a Mane on that side, right yeah. after having dropped deeper into the midfield on in defense on the counter press. Right, mm-hmm. that was kind of his his deal, um, but. Who else in the history of football has actually played a false nine successfully? It's Leo Messi and Fabregas. And Fabregas, right? I can't think of a time like, and a lot of people have tried to recreate it, and it never works to what they assume. Because yeah. again, I do think that you know, again, and we were we were victim of maybe not you. I was definitely victim of thinking that like when we brought in Brian Rodriguez and Rose, he's like, oh, it'll fit perfectly. Bella can drop into this false nine role, and again. Bella's probably more capable of doing it than anyone else on the team because of his skill set. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it just it it just didn't work the way that you thought it was going to. Right. In- so the other thing that I find interesting about this is Pep didn't just stay with that. Like when he what was it two thousand nine? I think yeah. we've talked about this before two thousand nine two thousand ten whenever that classical was that he put Messi out there as a, as the false nine. It's not like every single game after that, he went with it. Like we're talking about a very specific tactic to do a very specific thing against a very specific <laughs> opponent. Right? So it's not like you can just Jose Cifuentes, you're an eight. Why don't you go play the nine for 12 games in a season? And we're just going to play false nine the entire time. And that's, I, I, I guarantee that JT and and Dola would have would t- quibble over like that characterization of what they did with him last year, but it's like to me it's just a disservice to these midfielders to make him do this because, like I said, it's a very specific tactic and it takes a skill set that many of them just don't possess, right? Um, it, it it you have to have a certain level of respect before it works, and I. It's, it, it is it is kind of frustrating to me to hear <laughs> Bogic or Sifu take blame for, oh, well, they're not playing striker very effectively. It's like, well, yeah, no kidding. Or even Vela when he's in there also, right? Yeah, like, that's not what he ultimately, is Ultimately, yeah, ultimately, 
we fall into this this trap of saying, oh, they're capable of playing there, right? Yeah. I, this is yeah. a term when in team building that we've heard around LAFC, they say, oh, he's capable of playing this position and this position, this position. Sure. Because he's a professional and he he can work hard and he can figure it out, yeah. right? Just because they're capable doesn't mean that that's where they excel, right? Right, and right. That's often not where where they've excelled in those positions. You know, like I said, like Bogus can can be there. Mm-hmm. Technically, so could Danny Musovsky or you know Cal Jennings or whoever maybe. Doesn't mean you're going to execute it at a high level, right? It yeah. just maybe you you may be capable of of running out there and doing a job, right? And again, if you want to do it at the highest level, compete in Champions League, do these different things, right? You're going to need someone who actually excels at doing center forward things more often than not to be successful. It's yeah, it's not a mistake that LAFC won trophies in 2019, won a trophy in 2019. And who played the center forward position that year? Dio. Dio and Ramirez, right? Then they then Chicho comes along and it's a rough season, it's a rough go, but they're somehow able to grit it out and they again, supporter shield and MLS Cup. Like I'm sorry you you're not going to convince me that it doesn't matter. When they sold Chicho, who was the next name that was rumored to LAFC? Uh, I actually don't remember. On loan. A six-month loan. Who is it? Obama Yang. Oh, that's right. And almost, not even just rumored. It almost did happen. It was right? like I- super close to happening, right? So I, you can't tell me that they don't understand this and that it huh. doesn't matter. Like I'm, I, I will not accept any kind of like excuse making from third parties, especially that they don't understand this now because my question, it's though, led is to too it, much success. They, yeah. Now my question is, do they understand it to the point where they're, they're, they're realistic about the situation when in certain years and windows, right in in the MLS cycle of, of of how these things go right and if you can say okay this person is available during x time then we can make our run if they're not available we're going to have to throw three wingers out they're there they're definitely they're definitely strategic about it and i think that's where we as fans and quasi pundits can get it wrong right i think when we don't fully understand all the little levers that they're pulling and all the timing and trying to line everything up so that you can get everybody on the field at the right time to make a specific run, right? That's where I think we need to give them a little bit. Like That's where the benefit of the doubt comes in from us to JT, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I, I, I'm very confused at why they didn't try and sign a different center forward. Maybe they were all in on Obama Yang and it didn't work. And then that's why we end up without anybody, right? We've talked about why they moved Chicho in the first place. Um, all those strategies, like strategic points, we're not privy to those conversations. We're not privy to like their long-term planning. So that's where we just have to give them the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, I, 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 it cannot be lost on them. This idea that you have won trophies when you have center forwards in position um, and you haven't when that hasn't been the case. And what really sells it for me, I don't know why it just dawned, it dawned on me today while I was like driving around thinking, what are we going to talk about on the show? 
um, I was like, they were immediately linked to Obama Yang. Like that's an aggressive move, even if it is just mm-hmm. a six month loan and you were getting them on a free and it was a bit opportunistic, right? But again, to me, that shows that we're after trophies. We got to go get this piece because we'll have them through CCL, right? Um, anyway, I, well, I but just then even that think about like that 2020 season, right? So 2020, you go, you come off the disappointing finish in 2019. You win the supporter mm-hmm. shield. You flame out against Seattle. What happens immediately that off season? After that, you're gonna have to help me on that one, right? So we end up with a starting lineup of like Kenneth. I think it was Danny Musovski at mm, center. Is that forward. when Moose came in? Okay. Yeah, Vela yeah. and and I think Brian Rodriguez. I think no. Rossi was still around. Rossi. Rossi. Yeah. 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 Rodriguez is coming off the bench in the Champions League final. You know, in that Champions League mm-hmm. final, like Dio's gone at that point. Right. They made That's no- also when they signed BWP, though, too, right? Or was that in 20? 20- yeah, 2020 was, was when they brought him because he was in MLS's back, right? Yeah, he came during the. Yeah, but I don't. He wasn't there during the Champions League run for some reason. He, I thought he did play in the Champions League. No, because remember, Champions League was, was during that. I thought it was during COVID. Maybe he did then. But I don't I remember think he him did before, playing. And then, it, and then it got halted. Like they were in it yeah. and then it got halted for a while and then they came back and played an empty stadium, right? In Orlando where yeah. it was. Yeah. But even then, right? You're you're trying to roll without a, you know, BWP that at that point is on his last legs. It's just not going to be what you yeah, what yeah, you want right. it to be there, right? So, you know, and you again you're entering a bunch of, into a bunch of these games with with Moose out there again. And so again, I honestly do think these market conditions play a big role and they, maybe they're just overly realistic and it's hard, a tough pill for us to swallow in that case. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think it is again. That's why, that's why you got to give them a little bit of grace as, as a fan. Right. But it is I, like, I get it. All you listeners out there who are confused at why they will not like, again, they might do it in the next 17 days. They might go out and sign a center forward. I don't know. But they definitely seem averse to making that move. And when they do, it does seem like one of these opportunistic, ah, here's Chicho. He's available. Oh, Dio's here. Christian Ramirez. We can bring in Christian Ramirez, right? Um, It is crazy to me that they've never had a really solid answer. And the two solid answers that they had, they couldn't keep. Dio, for one Mm -hmm. reason, Chicho, because he wanted more money. Uh, Interestingly enough, the team tweeted out today, Josh, that you know, they're, they're about the record to 350, 180, 350 goals in, in 180 games, the fastest anybody's ever done it. Uh, first on the goal tally for LAFC, Carlos Vela doesn't surprise anybody. Next is Diego Rossi, still not a surprise. The third and fourth, though, might surprise some people. It's Chicho Ch- and his Dio, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chicho, if you count all of his appearances compared to Diego's and Carlos, actually had more goals per game than Carlos and Diego, right? Uh, Dio does not. Dio's a little bit lower of a rate. But it's what I, what I think Josh and I are trying to get across, the point that we're trying to get across here is that you don't have to go sign Obama Yang. You don't have to go sign Holland, right? You don't need that to for them to be effective with LAFC. We've already seen it. You can go get... $1.2 million striker from Colombia or wherever, and they're probably going to be just fine, right? 
there's a limit to that where you see Danny Musovsky still effective, like more effective than he probably should have been, but you want a level slightly higher than that, right? Corey Baird, not really going to do it. Corey Baird is a winger anyway. Didn't again, winger FC, right? But man, it's kind of unavoidable for me. <laughs> like just put somebody in that spot. Yeah. Maybe we I just mean, need but- to give this up. I don't know. They, I mean, they sign a center for it every other year. It seems like is <laughs> basically how it works. <laughs> and then they stay for eighteen months and leave. Yeah, yeah. So again, who know? I mean, and again, when you we've we've already talked about like how they view the market and how this works, right? They understand that there is a, you know, a a what is it? What was it? Like the gap in the market at a market inefficiency. Yeah. yeah. So that's where they're going to probably try and do the most amount of their work is you know, out, out wide, because again, that's just what you're going to, where you're going to make the most amount of money and so on and so forth, or just get, or also be able to bring in talent. Yeah. Um, you know, cause there's a lot of five foot seven to five foot nine forwards out there, right. That <laughs> can't hold up play. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So that, again, maybe, maybe, like I said, ultimately, I think I said at this point we've we've when you look at the body of work, you have to give credit where credit's due. I do think that the brain trust that's and there. We do. Yeah. And given and you bring in guys like Garces in there that gave you that identify talent and bring in talent, it's only going the sky's the limit. Right. Mm-hmm. The question just becomes do you also have to swallow being every other year, you know, like the San Antonio Spurs. You know, like <laughs> You know, like, like maybe, maybe the way that the rosters are currently limited never allows you to have dynasties in the way that you we saw in the past of the, you know, Shaq Kobe years, right? Where it's three straight or whatever. Yeah, maybe. well, I mean, I think also the the those limitations plus when you do it in soccer, you get additional games, right? So mm-hmm. we're also up against the fact that how do you hold on to it? I mean, look at uh, Toronto crumbled after their CCL run. Seattle, same thing. Us, same thing. Us in 2020, right? They struggled in for like about a year. Um, they were not the same after 2019, and they made they made a deep run all the way to the CCL final in that in that year too. Um, so yeah, it's, it is tough, and maybe that's a cycle that they're looking at. I I don't know. I I, I don't think LAFC is ever going to just say we're not going to try. So I find yeah. it hard to believe it. Like, it's always trying, but it may be a longer term plan than we're willing to. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll keep we'll keep certain things within striking distance, and if it becomes available, boom, then we'll really hit it hard, right? But mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. So, I mean, again, but that's almost that goes back to the unfortunate realities of Major League Soccer. Then, yep. you know, like, which again. Who's to say it's not better than the Chelsea Lone Army or some of the weird things that we've seen, you know, like, or, right. you know, the City Group or Red Bull or whatever it may be that, you know, that will attain talent and then just kind of filter them around the, the globe, you know, for entertainment purposes. But yeah, just in case they pop and then they can make money, right? Yeah. We'll sign so them cheap, like, we'll loan them out and then see what happens. Yeah. You know, so it, it, maybe it's better, maybe it's not. Right. I don't know. You know, like I said, it, it remains to be seen in, in the grand scheme of things, but ultimately it you you do hope that the that the model is sustainable and that they can continue to do long. We just have to probably be more in at the end be more cognizant of what they're up against versus 
yeah. you know, versus what our expectations are, you know? Right, right. All right. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention uh, tonight is that you see just how important Chico Palacios really is to this team. Fantastic game from him. Oftentimes his big games kind of go under the radar because it's defensive. It's work down the wing, right? It's not a whole lot of goals and assists, obviously. Um, great game. Classy little nutmeg behind it. He's like little chop, like Ronaldo chop into a nutmeg. That was that was fun to watch. Um, but yeah, a, a strong game, strong performances from several players. Um, hopefully they can continue to build on this and not just against teams that are going to high press them into oblivion. Yeah, I mean, and again, the schedule will lend to their favor, right? So they got one game coming up this weekend, right? Mm. Away, mm -hmm. I believe, away. And then you don't have another Minnesota, game for like right? 20, 20 days or something like that. Well, I mean, they have the, I don't know how long the their buy is because they're straight through to the knockouts, but. Yeah, so you, you avoid at least, I think it's probably going to be at least a week and a half. Okay. I'm assuming. Yeah, so hopefully right? they can rest up and get healthy yeah. and get some work in. Yeah. So again, the the I think they said like this this is the first game in a while that it felt like things were looking up as opposed to okay, I, like I'm I'm still waiting for something there. Like I said, I think they they found they found something in terms of a tactic that will work with their given roster, and then hopefully, like I said, we'll see some movement, and then we'll kind of go from there in terms of how it ultimately yeah. pans out. Right. All right, let's get into some questions here. The first one's from Jonathan at Boozology. 71 minutes without a shot on goal. No problem, Josh. It's definitely a problem, but I think if it, if that's what it took to figure out that they needed to put three actual forwards on the field together, and, and this is something that they can stick with for a while, and then, like I said, sit in, be a little bit more defensive, and then find opportunity on the counter, then so be it. Right. Like I said, I'll take it if it if they've if it means that they've kind of gotten back to what they do best, which yeah, is work the, and transition. Yeah. The fact that they were able to put together a handful of counters in different ways than we normally see them try and counter is probably the most encouraging thing to me. That it took seventy two minutes is one thing. Uh I think you saw St. Louis also get more and more desperate to try and steal points on the road. So they're pushing higher and higher. I mean, the goal that Vela scores, they are pressing Maldonado on the end line, right? And it's actually just kind of a failed clearance from Maldonado that gets sent back Sifu's way. And then Sifu's moment of brilliance playing that ball forward. Uh, let's give that man his due. Um, he had a fantastic game as well. Uh, that The ball to Vela is incredible. The Him bringing the shot down and striking with his left foot kept it low which is what we always want to see from Sifu, right? Low with power across the face of goal. Uh, great ball in from Ordaz on that one too. But Sifu uh, definitely reminded us of, of what it is that we all fell in love with, right? Which is he's the better version of Latif Blessing. <laughs> yeah. And he's mm -hmm. going to give you something. He's going to give you more. Uh, and that's, man, that's all we, that's all we ever wanted. And you saw it tonight or last night in that game. Uh also, interesting celebration from him. He's clearly in everybody's comments reading what we're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, he, I feel like Sifu is a case of the, the unfortunate case of running into, of running into a team that's kind of mismanaged and misused him at times. 
Yep. Right. Like I said, like I said, the, like you were talking about earlier, the trajectory for him was there, right? To be a, a progressive eight where he can be instinctual and get into the yes. box and, and not have to, you don't have to play through him. You play with him. Right. Yes. You, you want, you want him arriving late in the box. You want him taking critical touches here and there. You want him receiving the ball in space and driving forward. But you don't want him, you don't want to run your offense through him. You can't run your attack through him because we've seen what happens when he's stuck, when he's flat footed around the box. It's a touch, a touch, a touch, a touch, a touch, looking, 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 trying to figure out what to do. The man has just got to be able to go and go and like, it's got to be all instinctual, like you said, because that's when the, that's when the quality from him really shines. It's bringing the ball out of the air and boom, striking with the next touch. It's, Hitting a ridiculous sidewinder over the top to Vela because he sees him running, right? First yeah. time. He's an interesting case that plays better when things are moving faster than slower. Right? Mm, like often yeah. we talk about like, oh, the game slows down for this person, etc. When Sifu is moving at hundred miles an hour and playing fast, right? He yeah, tends yeah. to play better. And again, I think and you're when right. he's yeah. when he's tasked with having to make decisions in slow moments is where I think it Maybe it's like it, it's it's not as drilled or it's not as instinctual for him to do, to, too to do those things on his own, right? Mm. In those moments where it's like I have to beat this guy that's on me, and so often you just want to scream at the TV like just pass away to a teammate, move the pressure, and then get the ball back in space, right? But it's you know it's it's that's not everybody's game, and that's all right. Uh, obviously, we wish him the best wherever he ends up. Shoulder to shoulder, great win tonight, but are we worried about the team refusing to build through the middle as if the last month has proven long balls over the top to a running winger isn't sustainable? Uh, like we kind of talked about, I think if they're going to make some better runs off of those balls that are that are sent directly to the wingers or if the wingers are receive a little bit more support underneath from the midfield or if they just simply don't dribble into triple teams, then it'll probably be more effective, but it seems like as soon as we get ahead of steam, we are going to that goal come hell or high water. Yeah. Like you said, this team has been excellent in transition since Trinolo got here. Yeah. But they tend to get away from what makes them successful in transition and try to do things that are probably a bit out of character. And if they can get back to what it looked like last night versus what it's looked like yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a question of sustainability of this case because again, there's plenty of teams that have played counterattacking football and have won plenty of trophies. Yeah. Right. It's just a matter of, again, when you do it, are you are your is your defensive structure still sound when you counterattack? Because again, I think where LAFC is running the trouble is they try and counterattack, but the, you know it's like don't counter with they counter with one or they counter with eight. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And if you turn the ball over when you're pushing eight four, you're gonna run the problems. And if you turn and if they only have one, like Buanga has had to do at times or or Mahala, it's it's not gonna end well. Again, maybe you get a few flashes of brilliance from Buanga, but it again that's what's truly not sustainable is to is to be so like hyperbolic, if you will, as opposed to finding a this middle ground where again, where it's like, okay, we can counter, but we're going to keep defensive numbers back. You know, we're, you know, you're going to send all three forwards, but we're going to leave six back in defense. 
right? Or whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. Uh, I think I want to come back to that, but I think the next question has to do with that here uh, from LAFC Luke. I don't hate that it took 72 minutes for us to register a shot on goal because we also kept them off the score, to, off the score sheet that time during that time. That felt like a 2022 squad performance with a shift for after Buke subbed into the match for Bogic, who didn't seem so great. Sifu was amazing. Um, what I want to get back to here is this idea of, and Max and, and Brian Dunseth talked about this on the broadcast, that Chirundolo is looking for a lot of 1-0 wins, right? Because they're playing so many games. So let's not, put, let's not overextend ourselves. Let's take advantage of our chances when we have them. And I think that's part of the part of the game plan. Looking back in hindsight and knowing this about what Dolo has been saying, if you can get ten balls to Bowanga as he's one on one or one on two, do you bet on him to get one of those loose and score? Maybe you do, and maybe that's the reason to play so direct, right? Because they have defended so well, save a couple of games here and there against Houston or whoever that have that have hung some. Uh, hung a lot of goals on them. But um, I, I agree with Luke that it's incredible that they were able to keep them off the score sheet and defend so effectively against what has been a good team so far. Um, and maybe that's part of it, Josh, is that they're just trying to, like, let's let's prevent them from scoring. Let's steal a goal on a counter when we can. Yeah, I mean, but you can, you can do that while still being more effective. Oh, I agree. Time. Oh, I agree. Right? So, like, <laughs> I, and I don't, I don't think that they're – the only solution is just to play route one balls to Buanga, right? You can, you can have Stipe run off the ball, you know, you can have Vela drop in and be the facilitator of the whole thing and then still yeah. do it well. Like, you know, there's, there's different ways to go about it. And I think if they can figure, if they can start exploring some of those things while still holding true to their defensive identity, I think they'll be fine. It'll be interesting to see what they, what happens against another team now that, gives them the ball, right? We've seen it happen this year already, but now they're playing Minnesota, who has always famously given uh, LAFC the ball and, in fact, played more defensive than I think anybody ever does against LAFC. Like, we've seen them in a straight of 5-3-2 against LAFC yeah. several times. <laughs> I mean, like, we we play counter in the way that, like, Madrid would try to counter with talented players. <laughs> um Minnesota counters with it's like that. What is it? Was the Burnley ball or whatever the heck was the, um, oh, the team? Ball. Yeah. Right. Where it's just get everyone behind the ball, kick it forward and see what happens. Yeah. Just get it into the penalty area and then we'll, we'll create something from the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then, LAFC, and then leave oh, 10 behind, right. Or nine yeah. behind the ball. Right. Right. LAFC obsessed. It was like they finally remembered how to pass midway through the second half, and Stipe actually shooting on a first touch made a huge difference compared to his usual MO. Hope he can build off that, although I'm still more interested in getting Ordaz more time. This is something that Josh and I talked about before the show, this idea that Stipe has looked, he's played on the right in the last two games and has looked much more effective. He was effective against San Jose, even though he doesn't get on the score sheet, and he's already on his right foot by the time that ball comes in from uh, Bawanga. So often we see him on the left and he's trying to cut in on his right so desperately that it gets taken away all the time. Like it's, it's easy to see why people are, you know, you know, probably fall in love or get, 
get tempted by what he that you think he can do as an inverted winger because again he is a good dribbler he can do his different thing but again competency is not class right and there's a difference yeah, yeah yeah you put him on the right hand side where he's again it's a little a lot less thinking it's he can truly he can truly utilize the best of his talents and get down the end, end line and you know make more decisions at a quicker rate you know it's probably better for him Right, right. All right, LAFC stats. Collectively, they defended well and hung on to the clean sheet under pressure long enough to allow the attack to break through. Sifu played his best game in a while, if not this season. Subs made an instant impact. Good three points and a reminder of who this team is. Josh? Absolutely. Like I said, this is the one that felt that's felt the best. I felt the best after this win that I have after any of the ones in the past couple of months. Right? I said we beat yeah. Seattle. Always nice yeah. to beat Seattle, but it didn't feel didn't feel like a didn't feel classy or good it just felt mm-hmm. like we got we we got out of there with one right yeah. this one felt like you said there was something there were they were tactically sound they were defensively sound everything you know what they did made sense um in the long run mm-hmm. all right at yo-yo tori 66 st louis is one of the best teams i've seen well-deserved win we need to keep the pressure and bring them to reality this isn't uh, some lame garbage team Ex- expectations should always be high to play good football. I agree. I like expectations are high for LAFC because they have set them high, right? They've both by their performances and by their own statements of ambition, right? Uh, we know that LAFC want to be the best. We've seen them be ambitious in the transfer market. We've seen them be ambitious in the way that they approach playing in multiple competitions. Um, so we do expect them to, to, to play at a higher level than we would Colorado, right? Yeah. Uh, keep pushing. It just may happen every other year. Yeah. <laughs> Josh is committed to this. All right, Gomez Jr. LAFC is holding back on unleashing a beast in Ordaz. Give that man more minutes. Tired legs for sure uh, to come by trying to defend him. Uh, yeah, I, the kid. the kid has been impressive. Uh, all the time. I think there's probably some more 30 minute um, substitute perform like substitute uh, appearances coming for him with an eventual start or two here or there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I always like what I see out of this kid. Oh, like I said, I think they'll, they'll give him time to develop. They'll give him time to, and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you're doing him a service by throwing him in, Throwing him into the wolves right away at first, right, right. You know, no, for let, for a let full Vela game. and Buke run at hit run at defenders for sixty minutes, and then sub one of them off, and move Ordaz out there, and then let him eat. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm with you. The Bacchanal. Did we win because of Sifu? Uh, I mean, he definitely was the one that that broke through. I mean. Uh, both the pass and the goal. I think people might even still be underrating how good of a goal this is from Vela. The touch that he takes with his studs while running at full speed and stride on his right foot to set that ball up for the next for the strike is just just go out like find a soccer ball in your house and throw it up in the air, let it bounce and then try and take it on the half bounce. Just try and and set it out in front of you. Well, never realize how down. hard that is. What's that? So, well, never slowing down either, right? Like, yeah. So, just do it standing. Few... Just try mm-hmm. it standing. 
in tennis shoes, right? Now try it in cleats. Now try it while running full speed. Now try it while being defended without slowing down, right? Uh, that that touch, because it's so subtle, is never going to get the credit. It's it's truly due. It's incredible. Yeah. But we we may have won. I mean, Sifu was a, a major part of that performance. He absolutely. he deserves he deserves all the credit for this one again. As much as as far as hard as oh, we've yeah, been absolutely. on him, I'll also point out again that I think that he. We also probably derailed his his potential by having to have him play in spots where he was competent but not perfectly capable. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. not excellent at. Mm. Mm. And it's a shame because it was just like the the major talking point about him playing striker was like, oh, he presses so well. It's like, yeah, he does. <laughs> sure, <laughs> this team is so obsessed with how this how with how the nine spot presses. It's it's kind of unreal, actually. Uh, Andy G, we figured it out for 20 minutes, but I'll take it. Why is it Ordaz getting more than 10 minutes? I hope, I hope, I know Rafael Ordaz is on, is on Twitter. I hope he listens to this show because his kid is getting a ton of love. Why isn't Ordaz getting more than 10 minutes? He's been a game changer every time he gets some playing time. I, again, we love the kid. Yeah. I mean, he's making, he's making, he's making it harder and harder to keep him off. Let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So mm-hmm. again, you know, maybe we're going to get to the end of this end of this stretch here, and then we don't have a nine because he's just impressed that much. Uh, would I be yeah, surprised? Yeah. No, because again, he looks that good. So yeah, we. I think he just needs he needs a few goals to gain to gain credibility and confidence. Yeah, got the one for LAFC two uh, earlier in the week. Now let's mm-hmm. get him some MLS goals. Tom Camilleri, Buke and Sifu. I always liked them. <laughs> quality win in a six point game that was sorely needed. Are we hoping Bogic is just a temporary center forward because someone else is coming in? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we talked, we, t- I feel like we talked this one to death. Uh, so certainly we hope so, Tom, I'm sure you do too. Um, the sooner you get him back to the eight to an attacking eight roll, the better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lionel Hutz. <laughs> Um, can't complain about a win, but do have to acknowledge that one, this is why other teams do not press high against LAFC. Very fair. And two, schedule finally delivered us an advantage. Rescheduled game with the away team flying across country on short rest. I get uh, that Dolo is using players out of position by necessity, but I feel like each time Ilya Duenas and now Bogic have suffered because of it. Bogic is a midfielder, not a center forward. I hope this doesn't affect his confidence move, dude. I mean, like, this is basically what we just talked about, right? Again, counterpress mm-hmm. listeners are the smartest fans. Uh, I mean, this is this is exactly what we're talking about, right? Ilya suffers at center back. Dwayne suffers at right back. Bogic play, you know, and it's because they, they play these games with the roster. You have to play some games with the roster, but they've got caught several times this year playing with the playing roster yeah. games. Sometimes you get away with it. Sometimes you don't. We just haven't got away with that at all this year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Somber Amarath. Let's do that every game. Asterisk. The second half performance is clever. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bella will probably break apart, you know, like his shorts, but, you know. <laughs> Dude, when he did that after, he, I was like, why are you going to go full Chicharito? What are you doing, man? Like. Yeah. That was supposed to be our thing. We were supposed to have that Chicharito meme for the rest of time, and then you go and do the same thing with your shorts. Come on, man. All right. 
Monster Twins at Katie's Monster. Players showed up today for the second half. Sifu and Buke had to prove the haters wrong, and Vela basically showed everyone what it's like to be born with natural God-given talent. Just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right there with you. There's not a whole lot to add to that one, Josh. Yeah, I mean, I think with with a lot of the guys that we bring in, right? They bring, they're there for a reason. They're not there because they're not good. They're talented and everything of the sort. The question always just becomes, what what does that talent become? Is it allowed to flourish in the right ways, in, you know, yeah. ultimately? And so. Yeah, absolutely. Next one, Janelle Dell'Alessandro. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that Italian name wrong. Uh, they need to sign a proper striker. I'm going to go ahead and like that tweet. Uh, if 100%. We've, I, this is, I, that was a long segment for us talking about that. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully Janelle is, uh, satisfied with our, with our entire segment there and, yeah, yeah. And, and having agreed with her South central LAFC, the Wi-Fi disconnects on the final third. We are lacking team chemistry, except for the last 20 minutes. We need someone like Nathan or or him, uh, bold enough to take players 1v1 and create something. Buke and Bogut really got to step up like today. Do we need a chance creator or a mid? Again, for me, Bogut is your is your fifth midfielder. You have enough midfielders unless you want to go sign a proper six, like a depth piece for for Ilya. Um for me, yeah. it's it's not a chance creator, it's a chance finisher. It's you just go get the striker. I mean, the the headline for today's show is needs to be Nathan Ordaz needs to start because then we'll get a ton <laughs> of more listen some clickbaity thing to it because again, like yeah, the the amount of clamoring we're getting for it is probably worth the, the next one too. Darmalia, that's uh, that service by Ordaz is class, and it, again, it is like he gets free, picks up his head, cuts inside, boom, ball into Sifu. Uh, yeah, it's, kid's great, kid's great again. Excellent control and finish from Sifu on that goal, too. Alan Kine, man, that last 20 minutes, I'd forgotten what experiencing joy in that stadium was like. Thank you, team. Now, tactically, can we please not deploy Bogic up top anymore? Again, say it with me, Josh. Counterpress listeners are the smartest fans. He's a good player, but definitely not built for that spot. Game didn't free up at all until the switch out. Bro, I'm telling you, these guys know. They know, Josh. They know. We I mean, should yeah, let them do the show from now on. It's probably the only, criticism, <laughs> the only criticism in the roster book, right? Which is like, there's not enough depth where you have to do this rotating and playing guys at a position, and which, again, yeah. can sometimes work out, but often, more often than not, doesn't. I think the craziest thing is that we started off this year thinking there's zero midfield depth, just zero. There's, there's nothing there. There's no backups, right? And now it's like, who we thought were wingers, well, Bogus anyway, now as a midfielder, Dwayne just comes through, right? And now there's just no center forward depth, and that's ba- or fullback depth, but and that's basically it. Uh, funny how things can change over six months. Mm-hmm. Michael at Topo Modesto. Uh, did Sifu take one foot out the door? <laughs> did Sifu take one foot out of the door and shushing the LAFC crowd and putting his fingers in his ear after scoring? Probably. I mean, again, like, again, I'm I'm not going to go after. It. I mean, again, is it is it disrespectful? Sure. Was a bunch of the commentary towards him disrespectful? Sure. So, 
again, not everyone, not everyone leaves on the same terms as Chicho Rongo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, <sighs> I understand it from both sides. This guy's out there. He's mm. playing. He's doing his best. He's doing what the team is asking, right? It doesn't go as well as he wants it, obviously. Obviously, he wants to be out there scoring goals and bagging assists um, and not making mistakes. Obviously, that's what we all want as fans of the team. Um, and obviously, he's heard the criticism. And he did his job by coming out and shutting everybody up by having the you know the game of the season for from him right so i guarantee you if he does it again against minnesota nobody's going to be talking for a long time everybody's going to be back on the on the seafood train right um, mm -hmm. so it's all it's all in his power to to take over and change that narrative but yeah it, it, it's i'm definitely interested to see what they do if they move him or not Who's to know? I mean, again, All right, man. I'm happy either way. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey. Josh, I see Josh on Twitter. We will see you all next time. Not see you, obviously. We'll talk to you all next time after the Minnesota match. Good night.